John Boy Media has a new teammate. It's iHeart Podcast. What does it mean? John Boy Media shows can now be found over at the Dan Patrick Show. That's right. How cool is that? Wake and Jake and Jimmy's three things have joined the iHeart Podcast and Dan Patrick Show family. And the best part, they'll still continue to be the same shows you know and love. If you couldn't tell, we're excited about this one. And thank you guys for listening. It is Tuesday, March 22nd, 2022. This is Baseball Today. That is my man, T. Ploof. I am Chris Rose. I want to just check in on you, buddy. Are you okay? Have you recovered? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not spoiling anything. Go watch the Blitzball game. That's what Chris is talking about right now. Go check it out. JM Warehouse YouTube page. Uh, Team Baggage versus Forgotten Rotten. A game for the ages. And I got to say, you and Joe's like MVPs. No, we're not. You, you guys, guys make great. it so good. Oh. Uh, it. I mean, it, uh, it turned out even better than I thought it would. Just incredible drama. Uh, down to the last pitch. Even if you've already watched it already, it's like it's like one of those movies where you don't catch every line, so you got to go watch it again. I've already watched it twice. Some of the comments in the comment section are just great. Like the yes. fan interaction, everything is. I mean, the series has been good. This this game right now, I think, is um, it's the best one we put out. So I go agree. check it out. Yep, yep. This is why we do it, and uh, the response has been outstanding, and it allows us to keep doing more and more uh, Blitzball tournaments. So I'm sure we'll have another one or two in the near future. Yes. But let's talk about the guys that get paid to do this for a living. Starting out with the guy who's had him wearing. I mean, it's not Shohei Otani's hat per se, but it is a Halo's hat. First outing of the spring yesterday. Looked good. Five Ks and two and two thirds. How confident are you that he's going to be able to put together something close to the amazing MVP season we saw a year ago? I'm pretty confident in that. A couple things I want to discuss. His outing yesterday, he was he was nasty. Mm-hmm. He did strike out five, a couple high heaters, a couple like slider cut balls, then like what looked like a splitter down the dirt, but I guess it's his new changeup. So it's like a different pitch, and that's got to scare people. I always talk about how pitchers now can basically just come up with pitches out of thin air using all the cameras and the technology they have. So Shohei just adds another pitch lookout. I think I think on that side of the ball, he will be able to repeat or maybe even do better. I think he ended with a, what, a 3-1-8 last year. Uh, he pitched better in the second half than he did in the first half. So I think he's like learning. I think he'll learn how to like what his routine will be as a pitcher. Now on the offensive side, I think that is maybe we'll see a little bit of regression. He drove in 140-something homers last year. 46. And, and I, I'm not saying he's not going to do that again. I'm just saying history will show you once you get a, a full year in the big leagues, and this guy's had close to, you know, he's got over 1,000 at-bats now in the big leagues or plate appearances. Teams start to get a book on you. Pitchers start to get a book on you. They know what you can do, what you can't do, and they stay away with what you can drive, and they just try to expose your weaknesses. Now, Shohei can make the adjustment. I'm sure he will. He's that type of ball player. But that's the one thing I'll say, look, maybe he won't hit 46 this year. Um, maybe, maybe he'll strike out a little bit more. Maybe his on-base percentage will drop from 370. I, I think the pitchers are just really, really good in this league, and they just do find your weaknesses. So I'd look for a little regression there, but this guy's a once-in-a-generation player. Totally. He can make adjustments. I wouldn't be surprised if he surpasses numbers either. Like, this guy is – he's something else. Okay, so he did hit 46 homers. He led the league in triples. 
He led the league in one other important category, intentional walks. That will not happen because 27's back in that lineup this year. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. It is a huge uh, deal. I mean, right? I mean, Mike Trout was gone from May on a yeah. season ago, and Otani still put up these numbers. So when you've got Trout and hopefully Rendon after that in this lineup, you are going to have to throw more pitches to Shohei Otani than you want to. So I think he actually could be okay there. There's a couple of questions I've got. Okay. Does he have to hit every time he pitches now? Because of the new, like. Yeah. Does he yeah. still has to, in your opinion, he still had, because you're going to lose when he comes out of the game in the fifth or sixth inning, you're going to lose that now. You're going to lose what? I mean, you're going to make your, your pitcher hit. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying there. If he if he's hitting for himself and there's another DHRD in the game, wait, what? I'm trying. I'm so confused now. So there, there will, will be no DH. There, there will, will be, be no DH. DH. When he pitches. You're right. Okay. It'll be the yeah. only time. Show hey, you're confusing me, bro. No, it'll be the only time in baseball where we don't have a DH because now there's a universal DH. Um, and I know that he did it last year and he did it mostly in so the he American can't, League. So, so what, he can't go from pitcher to DH. No, he can oh, go yeah, from he. The, there were a few times he went from pitcher to right field. We saw that a couple of times. I'm just saying, Damn. I want to make sure that we're not putting too much on this guy. Like, I don't want to see him fizzle out after three years of doing this. I, I think we just got to think of longevity and all that sort of stuff. As far as pitching, you know, the Angels just announced that they're going to continue on with a six-man rotation. Hopefully, they have enough depth and health in that area to be able to pull this one off. So I don't think he's going to throw more than 140 innings. I just don't see it. I think they'll manage him. But, man, he is so nasty out there. He just said that he wants to increase his workload. So there's there's going to be internal discussions with that. I think Madden might be playing it safe at the beginning of the year. Let's see how these guys come back from the lockout, the short spring training. Let's get him, you know, into the thick of the season. How's your routine doing? And if he shows, you know, that he can handle it, Maybe maybe they don't do a six-man rotation. Maybe he sticks on every fifth day, something like that. I don't know. It's interesting, your point about the DH. Um, we're going to have to see how Madden handles that. I think he's going to love like you know being able to figure this out. It's like a puzzle for him to figure out. Uh, but Shohei is just – you're right about Trout and Rendon being behind him in the lineup. So you missed one other category that he led the league in. What's that? Caught stealing. Yeah. I, no, I, I saw that. I saw that. I, I get it's it. a bold. Okay. You can talk about it. That's fine. There is one other point that I wanted to make with all this thing. Tell me. I forgot what it was. So I'm going to move on. Oh my it's not gosh. That important. Huh? Go show head. Oh yeah. Dude. No, I, now I, I know what it is. Okay. Um, how many times have we talked on the show in recent weeks about teams wanting to manage guys uh, games played, right? Like we don't need you to play 160. We might not even need you to play 155. We'll rest you. We'll mix it. This guy, we're just putting more and more on. So I just, I want them to be careful because I want to see Shohei's longevity play. But through. dude, before last season, we were like, hey, let's pump the brakes. Don't go too crazy because Madden at that time said it's the wheels are up. The training wheels are off. We're going full bore. So we got that. And now what we're asking for him to slow it down a little bit. I don't know, man. I say, I say we let Shohei dictate what he wants to do. He knows his body better than anybody. True. Like, it, like and he's been doing this for a long time. So you can't put him in the same category as other players because he's not like other players. This is going to be a case study for, you know, the next 
10 two-way players that come. I believe there's going to be a, a you know a run of two-way players. You know, or at least so. attempts at being two-way right. players. It's boy, it is hard to do what Shohei did. And I think we all understand that now that we can look back at the numbers that he put up. Because I'm looking at his page right now and it's like, holy shit. I know my body better than anybody else. And my body clock says, Chris, you're running out of time. Move on to the next question, which is Max Scherzer. He was the talk of baseball on Monday. His Mets debut, five innings, 72 pitches. Love that. Uh, for you, first of all, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I heard uh, Alex Wood interviewed during the uh, Giants game. He was like, yeah, we were all watching and we, we couldn't believe. He goes, that guy is just built different. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want you to answer this. What is the biggest question facing the New York Mets heading into 22? You know, I love this roster and I'm kind of nitpicking here a little bit. Uh, but as you scroll down, I'm on the Fangraphs roster resource page. The lineup looks good. The depth looks good. They're going to have Dom Smith on the bench. You know, that's, that's a great bench piece to have. How about that? Maybe. Oh, we'll see. You think he's going to get traded? Mm-hmm. Okay, let me get my point out, okay? Then you go down to the bullpen, and this is just where I see one little thing. A lot of righties. There's only one lefty, and it's Chasen Shreve. Love you, Chasen. You're in my book like 17 times. There's some, there's some big old bats in that NL East that are left-handed, and you're going to have to have a guy that can get them out, and I, they don't have that yet, and I don't know where they can go get that. Would have been nice for them to go get Aaron Loop. He's now with the Angels, the hat you're wearing. Um, so I think maybe they address that. I don't know. But the rest of the roster, pretty damn legit. You know, you just kind of glossed over the lineup. It was, a, it was a, a, one of the most disappointing parts of baseball last year. That lineup did not get it done. Collectively, a 705 OPS. The only teams that were worse Kansas City, Texas, Seattle, Miami, Arizona, Pittsburgh. Most of the worst teams in baseball, with the exception of Seattle, which I don't know how they stayed in the race with an OPS under 705. The Mets have got guys who have done it at this level. I don't know what sort of bad juju they had working last year, but they've got to, they got to put it together. And I expect Francisco Lindor to go back to the Lindor that I used to, you know, stand up and cheer for in Cleveland. I don't know what's gone on the first few years there. He's, he's got to get it going. He's got to get it going here. Yeah, I think I think he bounces back. You know, he's had, you know, 2020 and 2021 haven't been great to Lindor. I hope he bounces no. back. I'm, I'm expecting him to bounce back. But look, they added Starling Marte, they had Canna, they had Escobar. Like, these are guys that are going to bolster your offense. Um, they should help the defense, too. I think that was a big point for them last year. Their right. defense wasn't good either. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying those guys are going to just, like, light up your defense and make them way better, but it's going to be an improvement. I think the lineup is fine. I think the lineup is fine. They have pitching they depth now. It. I mean, I thought the lineup was fine last year too, and it didn't do anything. A lot of these guys have proved it. It's yeah. Can they gel together and 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 this particular season get it going? I, I I'm betting on yes. Uh, the rotations with Bassett, like I w- I would have said before Bassett, like yes. Do we love the top two starters there? Obviously, but you know they're a little bit older. How how is the rotation depth? But then you add in Bassett, and that helps immensely in that category. So. Uh-huh. I like this team a lot. I do too. Um, the, the lefty reliever, I think that's that's something that Uncle Steve needs to go out and get. I don't know how they can do it, but do it. All right, uh, let's focus on New York's other team, where Joel Sherman of the New York Post says the Yankees are expected to offer Aaron Judge an extension sometime over the next few days. Uh, after a fairly uneventful free agent period, do you think that New York has to take care of Judge just to appease the fan base? 
I don't think they need to appease the fan base. I think they need to take care of judge because he's earned it and deserves it. And if they want, you know, this is going to be their guy. Like this is the franchise player for them. So yeah, they need to extend him. I don't think it has anything to do with appeasing the fan base. I think they made a statement this, this off season by not going after some of these guys, they really believe in Volpe and they believe that he can be the shortstop of the future. Um, they're kind of in a, I know this was like a historical free agent class. So like a lot of Yankee fans were like, let's go get one of these guys. Let's go be, you know, like the Yankees, like when, you know, George was in, in, in power there, but they just haven't done that. So like that, that whole notion of they're going to outspend they have done every, it. They just paid Garrett well, Cole $324 million. You're right. You're, well, Garrett, yeah, you're right. Garrett they Cole just is, traded for Giancarlo Stanton in a 300 million. Don't, don't give me this bullshit. They pick and choose hear what they're exactly, doing exactly they they they're spending money that i was getting get to that point they're not like penny pension they they have a, they have what like the fifth highest payroll in baseball something like that like they, they are, are scared money. to go over that cbt for they're whatever scared reason. To go over this, they're scared to go over the cbt or at least the second tier i think they'll go over the first year if need be uh, but this isn't this isn't a team that's just gonna go out and sign everyone that cashman's a guy that's gonna say look here's my plan like sometimes we're gonna go after this guy we're gonna pick and choose these long-term deals that we're going to give. And if you have a few guys waiting in the wings, like sometimes you make that hard decision. Yeah. You're going to hear it from the fan base because you're seeing the Texas Rangers go and get a shortstop. You're seeing the twins go steal your shortstop right from under you. Uh, but Cashman, look, he believes in at least Volpe, probably both uh, him and Peraza. So like they're still a good team. They're in a tough division. Uh, this is a team that what what won 94 games last year, 92 games last year. They're in a good spot. Um, they should go extend Judge because the longer you wait, the lo- the, lo- the more money it's going to be. Okay. What? Do you, by the way, he's about to turn 30 coming up in the next month. Mm-hmm. What? What do you think he gets years wise? Because we have never seen a creature like this. He is the largest position player in baseball history. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't even Seven thought years? about how many years. He's going to want something like that. And I think that maybe New York will be hesitant to go seven. Maybe they give him five. I think six, oh. maybe the middle ground. So you're saying like five for 200, like a huge AAV? It's, it's, going, to be, it's going to be a big AAV or else he's not going to sign it, bottom line, because uh, they've waited long enough now uh, where he, can, he has a little bit of leverage now. As before, if they signed him last year or the year before, they, they would have had way more leverage. So – like I said, the longer you wait, the more it's going to cost you. It's just going to get the judge. Well, so he, what do you think? Do you think if they come at him five for 200 that he accepts it? Because I don't. 40 a year? No, because here's the deal, dude. He's a 30-year-old free agent on the market. He would be probably the number two free agent behind Correa when he opts out here's the here's the tricky part with the yankees we always talk about well as guys age into their mid-30s we can use them as a dh hey dude you're paying john carlos stanton until almost 2030 what are you going to do with him you can't dh both of them yeah he doesn't take that deal <laughs> i don't think so either dude holy i mean i'm just looking um Man, I don't know what the Yankees are going to do. I think they put themselves in a really tough That's position the thing. with this. They are stuck right now. They are totally stuck right now because they've let it get to this point. And now the way that the market has played out, he could go. He could easily go out. Don't you think he could go out on the open market and get seven for two fifty from some team who says, "Hell yes, we will make Aaron Judge the face of the franchise." 
and we don't have a built-in okay. DH that we're paying $30 million to already. Listen to listen to what you just said, though. Seven, if now if I'm Aaron Judge and you tell me seven for 250 or five for 200, I'm taking the five for 200 every single time. Oh, I don't know about that. You're going to play two extra years at 25? Go, you're going to go backwards? Yeah, but then he's a free agent at 35. Is he going to get $25 million a year at 25 at 35 years old? No. Who got, paid, you, who got paid that other than pitchers? He, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And I'm just saying. If he if if he signs something like a five-year 200, uh, we'll see what kind of opt-outs come with it, stuff like that. Oh, There's going to be they're going to have to get real, they're going to have to get really, and I think creative. maybe that's what New York ends up doing is they kind of offer him one of these deals like we just saw a, a career where it's like, here's some money and here's a bunch of opt-outs for you. Can I just, I want to talk about this for 30 seconds. Are yes. you worried at all about the injuries? Now he had the broken wrist. That was freaky, but he has had some oblique issues. And that's the sort of thing, you know, that on big dudes, we've seen it with, with guys, they've blown out occasionally and you don't get healthier in your thirties. Ah, man, you know what? <clears throat> I don't worry about that. I don't ever okay. think about like the injuries coming. I, I know that if he's seeing this as a problem, you can work through it. You can find ways to make sure it doesn't happen. And a guy like him, if you're going to get paid like that, you're going to pay a lot of money to keep your body right. Uh-huh. So I, I think it'll be fine. It's a very interesting case study on how they can handle this because they have let it go too far. Yep. I think that's the one thing point I want to make Yankees let him stick around too long without an extension. And now it's going to take some very creative contract uh, working to keep him in New York. Yes or no. He gets an extension this year. I think they offer it. I don't know if he takes it. Yes or no. He signs it. I say, no, I say no too. <clears throat> I say, and no, I, I, they, they I want to see not because I'm rooting against the Yankees or anything. I love seeing big names in free agency. Unless they, unless they just blow them out the water with a real offer. Yeah. And by the way, my guy, our guy Dan, our guy Dan Rourke might edit this part out of the uh, discussion today because he, he, he can't knows handle they messed this. up. He can't handle it. You uh, <laughs> Darvish, three scoreless on Monday. Uh, is San Diego's talented but question mark filled rotation good enough to keep it in NL West contention while T- Tatis heals the first few months? I think so. I think you know we have a little bit of recency bias uh, with how they played last year. And with the Tatis uh, news, but this is a really good team. And like I said, they, they added, I said yesterday, I believe there's so many shows that we do. Voight comes in. That's like the instant offense. Maybe he can pick up the slack when Tatis is out. Tatis comes back. Now you got those two guys. Darvish looks nasty. Love yeah, I that. I want to focus just on the rotation here. It's enough. I 100% believe it's enough. You're looking at the guys right now. You got Musgrove, who was disgusting last year, Darvish, Snell, Clevenger, and then Martinez, who comes back, a reinvented pitcher. We'll see how that goes. I think it's enough. How do you not – I mean, I'm kind of looking now and saying, how do you not think that's enough? So Darvish was one of the best pitchers in baseball the first half of the year. ERA Mm -hmm. just a smidge over three. He was dominant. Back half of the year, doubled his ERA. Not healthy, all sorts of stuff. Clevenger coming back from his second Tommy John. Blake Snell, he is – do you know that he threw less than 130 innings a year ago and made 27 starts? He's, he's, I mean, he pitches five innings. That's kind of what's been going on. Yeah, it's so bizarre, Love him. Man. Love you, Blake. It's just bizarre. And he strikes out 12 guys per nine, but he did have his highest walk rate since his rookie year, so that's a little alarming. 
Um, you know, Musgrove was far and away the most consistent, healthy guy. He made every start. ERA smidge over three. It was great. Um, so what do you yeah, think? think? You can answer the division, question. I think in that division, the lineups outside of the Dodgers don't terrify me. They also have Lamette waiting in the wings who had an incredible 2020. Like, can we, yeah, can but we get I don't some know of that? What, I don't know what he is. Is he a bullpen guy that you can depend on? I mean, he's just not, he's never healthy. I would take that rotation in a heartbeat. I would that? too. I would, even though there are, you have to admit there are question marks. Every team has that though. Every not team is going to question. Team. Eh, I don't know, man. I, I, right I, now there's one truly dependable guy. And then I'd throw Snell in there health wise. It's who's the, who are you saying is the dependable, the dependable guy. Joe Musgrove Darvish or Musgrove Musgrove. Okay. Darvish has been, he went on a great tear for a little while between Chicago and then San Diego, but the health thing can scare me a little bit. I know he changed his workout regiment feels, you know, best shape of his life sort of deal. I saw Root a lot of videos. I saw a lot of videos in the off season of you and man, he looks nasty. Yeah. I, thought I, I, I like this team. I, a lot of people are writing him off just because of last year and then the Tatis no. news, but I like him. I, and I told you this. I'm a big believer in Bob Melvin. So I keep forgetting he's there. Yep. Golly. All right, last one. Buck Showalter was uh, talking about his appearance on Seinfeld during an SNY Mets broadcast over the weekend and said he still gets taxed $19 <laughs> every time the episode re-airs, so he was bitching about that. Which show would you have loved to have had a cameo on? Mm. Two. I'm going to go two. Okay. I think my first ever crush was Sarah Michelle Geller. So I would have loved to have been on Buffy the Vampire nice, Slayer. Good one. Um, and maybe like she rescues me from a situation from like a vampire mm. or something. I dig that. Number two, Game of Thrones. I would have loved to fight the mountain and then lose to him and then have him push my eyeballs through the back of my head. <laughs> I would have loved that. Got to be honest with you. That's good. <laughs> what about you? Uh, for me, um, Friends, I would have liked to have had a one episode appearance as uh Rachel's love interest. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were gonna say that. I just listen, Michelle knows that she was always at the top of the list, in part because, like, she what list, huh? The list, what list, the list. What's the list? You know what the list is, all pass, yeah. Oh my goodness, Michelle, what? what? You guys don't have a list, no. Oh I bullshit! List, That's a, that is absolutely you are the, you're the only married the couple list. that doesn't have a list, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. Who's who's Michelle's number one? Me? No, definitely not. I mean, she you know, your hands. I'm curious though. Do you know? Uh, it's changed over the years, but right now, <laughs> if Jimmy Garoppolo knocked on the door and was like, <laughs> "Michelle, we're going to Vegas for the weekend," I'd be like, "Hey, Michelle, where where where'd you go?" That'd be it. Like, I don't know if you just noticed, Jimmy G got a uh, national ad. I think it's a Subway commercial. Yeah. And it was it was playing all throughout the NCAA tournament over the weekend. So she's like, stop. Like, she made me freeze on the tight shot of Jimmy G. And it's a very funny commercial, by the way. All right. I guess so I'm not Michelle's type because I'm me and Jimmy G are completely different type people. Who's who's the top of yours? Is it still Jennifer Aniston? Um, She's uh, she's pretty smoking still. Mm -hmm. I mean, she still looks great. Like, but here's the thing, like Michelle and Jennifer Aniston share some qualities. They're wow. like physical attributes. Michelle's a beautiful. She woman. is no question. You kidding okay. me? So you're lucky. Yeah. Well, come on. We're both lucky. Are you kidding me? 
And guess what? Jennifer Aniston would be lucky to have you, Chris. No, she'd like my sense of humor. After about three minutes, though, she'd tire of it, <laughs> like most people do. All right, what do you have coming up on John Boy Media? Something else. Uh, a lot of stuff, man. Uh, talking baseball count yesterday. We're filming another one. We're starting our TPPs. We're gonna kind of do them different this year because of the time crunch here. Uh, thank you, owners, for the lockout. Uh, the warehouse games you mentioned, please go check that out. JM please. Warehouse, our YouTube page, the Blitzball tournament is phenomenal. C Rose is crushing it. Uh, we had a great game last night. What about you? Um shooting an episode with Amir Garrett, the newest Kansas city Royal whom we got traded because he came over to the John boy media compound out in Arizona. Uh, we'll talk about his new home. Uh, if he's had any interaction with new teammate, Zach Granke, we'll talk about what it meant to be around the facility in Cincinnati when guys were getting traded left and right. And then to hear his name called, he's going to take us through the entire process, which I imagine was jarring for him since he's spent well over a decade in the organization. Talk to him about his basketball days at St. John's and, you know, if he still gets the, the the butterflies watching March Madness and that sort of stuff. He's very close with a bunch of NBA players, too, including Russell Westbrook. So we got a lot of we have a lot of stuff to cover with him. Love that. Yep. He's a good so dude. That'll be coming out on Thursday. Um, but we are back at it again on Wednesday. We are chock full of information and great topics because baseball mm. its hot in the streets, as my man Plouffe likes to say. Special shout out to our one and only Robbie Scirocco. That is T. Plouffe. I'm Chris Rose. We'll see you Wednesday on Baseball Today.